<laughs> What's the funniest thing you've stumbled across? Like, whether in assignments or tests or stuff like that. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Trof Talks Tech Podcast. Where I, Trof, talk about the tech and nothing else but the tech. This is where I try to teach, reach, and preach to people with the same tech mindset. Where we wonder why Apple's charges and call the Apple juice. <laughs> Sounds interesting? Of course it is. Today on the Trof Talks Tech Podcast, Trof Talks CS tutoring with Luke. <laughs> so without wasting time, Luke, please introduce yourself. Hey, uh, I'm Luke van den Handel. I'm a second year at UCT studying computer science and I tutored first years this year. Okay, that's great. So <laughs> how was it? Like, okay, before we get there, how would you define tutoring? Tutoring, um, it's a very... Uh, interesting thing because when I first looked into getting the job I didn't quite know what was going on but in terms of the course and the specifics it's more just so the students would have their lectures and they would learn the concepts and then when they go to their assignments to apply the concepts um, we're there to help so back when we were doing contact learning we would sit in a tutorial session and go around answering questions but these days it kind of ended up being more a WhatsApp group or forum posts where we just look at their code and help them find their issues and see why it's going wrong and maybe point them in the right direction. Okay, so it's more of guiding them, teaching them and yeah, helping them out. So what yeah. was what was your personal motivation to getting into tutoring and stuff? So I've always had a, a bit of a curiosity um, because I know that teaching is like a very big deal and if you're good at teaching you should really you know make use of that skill but I wasn't really I didn't really know I've never I've never tutored before I'd never really taught anyone on a constant basis people had come up to me in the past and they were like Luke can I can I pay you can we have weekly sessions and I always was a bit apprehensive but getting into it and actually having a formal okay we're doing this now and it's happening and just like getting over that hump of engaging with people and all that stress and anxiety i just learned that it was just so much fun and i also i really love computer science and i've always been super into coding and i really want to share that with as many people as i can because it's a really fun and wonderful thing oh yeah and now you have the platform and <laughs> the motivation to do it okay that's really nice so what are the perks yeah. of being a, a tutor at uct I, I think the, the biggest perk, um, I would say, is just being able to go back and just relive first year in a while, in a bit, um, because, you know, you, you go through all this stuff so fast and you kind of, it's very easy to like miss over a few things. Um, for example, one of the big things was uh, in first semester, there was J unit testing, which is a way that you test a program. And that was just such a quick little piece of my course last year that, you know, I didn't really, I'd forgotten all about it and I forgot how to do it. And now I have the chance to go and relearn and revise. And I feel like after tutoring and teaching, I'm, I've re-solidified all that knowledge that I gained last year and I'm a better programmer for it. Yo, that's really nice. Yeah, you're getting experience again and going through it. So do you prepare or is it more on the spot and stuff? Yeah, so 
there is sort of a briefing from the lecturing team every uh, for every assignment. You know what they've what has been taught in lectures, what is expected, that sort of stuff. But really, when it comes to the individual students, it's it's been really interesting to see just the different ways in which mistakes are made. And so in that regard, you really just have to go on the spot and sort of think, okay, how am I going to explain this? You explain it, you sort of teach them a little bit of um, coding practice while you're at it, but it's really just on the spot more. Yeah. Okay. And then you can easily like teach them <laughs> what you prefer, as you've mentioned, like coding practices and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so we've recently received emails regarding to apply and stuff like that. And one of the perks or one of the things they highlighted was working closely with the CS staff. So could you please take us how that works or how it did feel? It's, it is actually, it's so interesting to have just that shift in the relationship between you and especially um, so the main uh, lecturer that we had last year was also Mr. Aslam Safla. He was, he was teaching this year as well. And, you know, last year, the, the lecture, he was just this other figure, this sort of mystical being that you don't really know. But now you're his employee and you get to chat with him and you're engaging on the same level now. And it's very interesting. And another big point that I found so funny and so fascinating is just there's another person who's in charge. His name is Stefan. He runs the automatic marker. And the yeah. automatic marker is such an interesting thing to have sort of like hands-on input with, you know, actually submitting, oh, there's a problem with it. Uh, let's sort this out. Let's fix this issue. And just realizing that it's um, a more of like a continuous work in progress and less this fixed thing that just defines your life and frustrates you for endless hours. <laughs> yeah, no, students were standing me. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 So since you're working closely with the department and stuff, like, do you feel like there are things that need to be changed? And if you were to change three things, like, what would it be and why? Yeah, I think I would implement a mechanism for highlighting students that are struggling because it, it was really satisfying at some point to, you know, find, come across someone that needs help and help them and they end up figuring it out and sorting it out on their own. But there were so many students that we're just constantly in need of help and we wouldn't even come to us for help. You know, I'd, I'd get a query about something else and I'd notice that, you know, the previous five or six assignments, they'd only barely scraped through. And if they just come and requested help, we could have sorted out all those problems for them. So I would, and there's definitely, you know, from the tutoring, there's always a few group of people and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, everybody yeah. struggles at certain things learns at different paces and it would just be nice to be like hey these people they're kind of struggling a little bit let's take note of them and you know give them a space to improve themselves i would definitely do that and then of course again just more ways to engage with us as tutors because you know even like first semester when we went online it was just the forums and i think a lot of people didn't ask questions because it's kind of scary because yeah. the whole course can see your question and oh everybody's going to think i'm so dumb i have to ask this question it's probably so simple but you know that's fine people need to ask as many questions as they can so you know just 
all around, I feel like there's, these are, there's ways like this to help the students more, you know? Cool, cool, man. Yo, you sound like someone who would make a great lecturer. <laughs> so let's, <laughs> let's give the scenario that you were given the opportunity to actually teach CS1. Like, what would be the key things you'd highlight? Yeah, I would, I would definitely, you know, lecturing, I, I've realized is, is probably so difficult because there's just so many people. But the one thing that um, I really noticed, so I did, um, I did IT in high school. So when we, when we got to Java, I'd done two years of Java programming already. Mm-hmm. So I found myself not paying attention in lectures because, you know, maybe the lecturer wasn't quite as engaging, a little bit boring. Although the content that they're teaching is still new and it's still relevant, but I've just kind of switched off. So mm-hmm. I would make as much of an effort to be engaging and to address both the people that are starting from fresh that need a really detailed description of what's going on mm-hmm. and the people that already have some experience to keep them engaged. I think I would try to find a way to focus on that if I was lecturing. Yeah, because to be honest, personally, like if I went into programming and I didn't check the possible things you could do with Python and Java, like I wouldn't know, like I wouldn't know you can get into data science with Python and stuff like that. So I feel like there's a gap there. We are not aware of the possibilities these languages lead to, or maybe we're going to learn about that at a later stage. Maybe that could serve as a motivation to some to actually learn the things at a basic age. But I get that yeah. they can't teach every framework and technology out there. So, But what do you feel could be done more to improve our industry readiness? I think definitely, like only now in second year, we touched on databases and even still it was like a very light low level i'd even all of the stuff we did this year i had already done in high school and i feel and we we used sql um, and databases and i feel like databases is something that every company needs to work with if you don't want to be front end if you're going to be back end you're going to be working with data and you know there's the way that the query languages work is just it's so complex just that the fact that we haven't really gone into it, I feel like if we could go into it more, it would be so helpful to like ready students for the industry. Um, and another big thing is web dev. You know, I think yeah. just a light little module on HTML, CSS, you know, just, just to give people some insight into, you know, how websites work and all that stuff. Just sort of, that's sort of like valuable, juicy skills that employers are looking for that yeah. we should be taught, you know? Yeah. Okay, interesting, interesting. Thank you very much. Yeah, so back to tutoring. How do I determine if I'm ready? Okay, let's say I have good marks, I enjoy teaching, and I am ready on paper, but how do I determine if I'm ready, ready? So it's it's a bit difficult to tell. Um, I sort of took a bit of a, let's see how this goes. I might end up being really bad at it, which is a bit of a naive approach in hindsight. You know, maybe if you if you try think back to like all the times you've had friends that are struggling you know mm-hmm. and things like that i would just try and engage with someone that's struggling now and just try and explain something to to them and and see how it goes and it won't be good at first it's definitely taken me the whole year to really kind of develop a good way of looking at a question looking at a problem and formulating an answer in a way that helps the student find the problem, 
learn why it is a problem, but also not just giving the solution yeah. away. Yeah. Those are those are three critical critical points, you know, because you can you can be really you can be really good at this stuff. You can know what's going on, but the difficult part is you really have to avoid just giving the answer away. And it's it's been tempting in the past to just be, <laughs> oh, this is the answer. This is what you should do. Just just move over. I'm gonna I'm gonna take over the keyboard. I'm I'm put up, I'm fed up. No, yeah, but you can't do that. You you really have to. And I've really I've really enjoyed that. And I feel like I've done a decent enough job. But yeah, that's probably the more difficult part. So if you can try maybe practice once or twice, but even still, you know, it wouldn't be the end of the world if you're really struggling with it. I would say apply and just go for it because it's such a good opportunity and it's so much fun. And the pay is is decent, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice, so, it's how, a nice pocket money in the back pocket. How decent is decent? <laughs> yeah, the the pay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's definitely not minimum wage. I I don't know how much I can say, but yeah, it's definitely you know you could buy your month's groceries with that pay. Okay. You, know, you could feed yourself for a month. Yeah. Good enough. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, like, because everything has challenges. So, are there some challenges you want to point out? Yeah, I think um, I don't. I don't quite know if it will be the same case when we go back to contact learning. But oh. this semester in particular, we we used a WhatsApp group to do our tutoring. So a, a student would message and say, "I've got this problem," and then we would access the auto marker and look at their code. But just the whole thing of now I have time to type out a whole structured response and i really like the responses that i did i'm really confident in them yeah. and it gave you a chance to come back from missteps but it did take me a really long time to formulate a response and it would end up you know taking at least like an hour to two hours each morning answering queries and if it's like right before an assignment hand in date I would basically have to spend the whole day answering queries, which is more hours than I'm paid for. But you know, it's my choice to spend that time. But that was probably the the biggest struggle I had. Okay. And disadvantages? Do you still get time for side projects and stuff like that? Yeah. So I feel like if you're working on a side project, so um, I'm lucky enough to not have exams this semester. So I'm already on holiday and I'm getting fully into the side projects and having a great time. But before yeah. now, I wasn't really able, I mean, I could maybe sit down for a little bit, but, you know, if, if you're really working hard at your coursework and you're doing this as well, I think it does take away some of that time that you could put into side projects. Yeah. Um, but then again, I would also say like the holidays now, or even always, they are just really, really long, especially like last year, um, under normal circumstances, it was the beginning of November to the beginning of February. It's like basically three months. And that's like a great amount of time to start something and finish it and get it really polished. And then that's like a great side project. But yeah, I feel like, I mean, I also do a lot of procrastinating, of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm no saint. Yeah. Um, so I, I, there's a lot of time that I could put into personal projects that I just, I didn't do during the semester. Um, but I think you can. It doesn't take up your entire life, uh, only a little bit of it. Okay. 
So you mentioned actually going through student code and stuff like that. How does it feel? And what's the funniest thing you've stumbled across? Like, whether in assignments or tests or stuff like that. There's, uh, <laughs> it's, it is quite an experience. And the one thing that always gets me when I look at students' code. Um, so back in high school, when I was taught Java, because it's at a high school level, yeah. our teacher was really like she needed to mark us on the code and stuff like that. So she was like, I'm going to take the easy route and I'm going to take off marks for naming conventions and indenting and comments and structures. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when I, when I open up a student's code and it's just all <laughs> on the same line, there's no indents <laughs> and the naming schemes are all over the place. I have no idea what the variables <laughs> mean. And it's just, there's no comments, especially with that one program where you had to, draw a line from one point to another oh yeah yo. <laughs> and it yeah. was such a complex algorithm and these students would come and they would have all these questions and it's like you have to you look at it and it's it's just so difficult Isn't to that? read and it's like oh my gosh and you <laughs> sit there and you like grovel over it's like oh, there's this variable where did it what did how did they get it where is it oh <laughs> so that was but, but in hindsight, it's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> so are you allowed like to format it, like put it in a way you understand it and then try to yeah. explain to them? So there are certain cases. Um, so in Java, for example, if you have an if statement where the block is just one uh, line of execution, then you can do this, this trick where you use a semicolon yeah. at the end of the event and then you use a tab to identify where it is but i was always taught and have always used the curly braces to block off my if statements so i would always that's a pretty easy one to just go and change and then i can get back into that flow that i'm used to with if statements at least um but with the indenting it would have just been too much work, too much work. <laughs> to change it all uh yeah you know, i can imagine <laughs> okay so mm. Let's chat about some interesting topics outside of tutoring. Out of curiosity, what do you want to do after school, like after honors and all that? What's your goal like? It's, this is something I've put quite a deal of thought into, but I still haven't come to a very concrete answer. Mm -hmm. I, I still believe that I would like to find a, a job with a company and develop software. I'm, I'm quite passionate about um, user interfaces and user experience. Yeah. Um, I have a bit of an artistic side. I took art and metric. Um, so I like the way things look and the way things work. So I would, I'd be very interested in finding a job where I would get to work on UX and interface design and that sort of stuff. Um, but you know, doing, doing console, you're always coming across new yes, tools uh... and situations. And like, even now for computer engineering, you know, we're learning from a distance and a big portion of this year's courses were the labs where you build circuits. Yeah. And so I was thinking, oh, you know, that would, that would be kind of an interesting problem to solve, you know, how to, you know, a, a circuit simulator. And of course it's been built already, yeah. but you know, you, you'll keep on coming across those problems as you go through your degree. So I'm definitely, I've always got, you know, in the back of my head, you know, just a little glimmer, like, we can start a business. We can we can make something. We can we can do a startup. You know, it's always an option. I haven't dismissed it. I'm not just going through it like I, I'm not good at business. I'm I'm not going to do it. It's still there in the back of my head. But currently, the goal is probably just to find a job uh, with a company. 
yeah but hopefully as you go along you'll find something you really enjoy and <laughs> where you see yeah. yourself and oh so you're also doing engineering computer engineering yes i am oh that's also my second major next from next year so how is it uh, yeah c- computer engineering has been quite funny so far so <laughs> Uh, out of my friend group that I made in first year, I'm the only one that's doing it. Well, there's some of my engineering friends that are also sharing some of my courses, but from the science faculty, all my other friends, they're doing physics and astrophysics or computer <laughs> yeah. science and applied maths, and they're writing exams and they talk about these really, like, really intense, like mathematical and physical <laughs> things. And it's like all very intellectual. And I feel a little bit intimidated by them sometimes because this year specifically, the, the coursework was very fun. I enjoyed it so much. It's so interesting to sort of slowly work your way through like electrical systems. And then we finally get to where we are about to leap into the world of electronics and you know semiconductors and transistors and Boolean algebra and all sorts of really, really cool stuff. So I've enjoyed it so much. But if you've got friends that are studying these really intense intellectual degrees it might seem like your degree is inferior but you just have to tell yourself that it's not because everybody's studying what they want to know it feels like it makes more sense to combine the two but hey it it does and um especially this year so like in computer science we did a, a little module on computer architecture and you sort of look at these components of a of a cpu a basic cpu and then you go over to your computer engineering stuff and it's like, oh, I can actually kind of piece together an idea of yeah. how they would make these components, you know? And it's it's super satisfying to just have this convergence from the hardware side and the software side, and they both come down and they meet in the middle. It's been super satisfying and really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, but that's, that's good to hear, motivation. But how did it feel it being this then, like, do you think it would have been better hands-on actually touching and playing around with the circuits, stuff like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, doing the labs online, they were they were still fun and very interesting. And I, there was a, a stress that was relieved because a labs can always be quite intense. You know, you're in there with a lot of people and there's a time constraint and you have to get this thing done. And there's pressure from the, the tutors that are there because they've got a group that's waiting to start. And now you have like a whole week to do it. But there is, it is sad that, you know, I can only, I've only seen these circuits as diagrams on my screen. I've never, you know, like touched the components yeah. and put them together and learned how to solder and all that interesting stuff. So that is a definite loss for sure. Hey, but soon, soon, soon. <laughs> soon, yeah. So like, man, do you have any advice to CS students that are actually interested in tutoring and or to uh, students in general? Yeah, I would say for tutoring, from the student's perspective, I would say just be a little kinder to your tutors. And like, I know that I've definitely had tutors in other courses that have really not done a good job. They haven't explained anything. I'm still lost, but we're all human. And most of us, only did it a year ago yeah. and we're trying our best to help you um from just a, a general standpoint you know the the debate of student life always comes up and i know uh it depends on what you're studying but from my situation so i'm in the science faculty 
Mm-hmm. Um, my majors are computer science and computer engineering. Um, and I'm really hoping to get into honors uh, for my fourth year, but I have to get in. So that kind of has meant that I have to put a little bit more time and effort into my studies because, you know, marks, you uh, know, it's not just passing for yeah. me. It, I, I, you have to do well if you want to get into honors. And then you get other situations, like if you're doing engineering, for example, um, just say mechanical engineering, you the, the fourth year, which is technically an honors year, is a given. So you can spend most of your time having fun and experiencing the university life. And I've come across it a lot where people have been like, oh, why are you always working so much? You know, come have fun. You just need a pass. It's not a big deal. And it's like, yeah. it, it's a big deal to me. So I would say each person to their own, you know, I would say avoid walking into university thinking that you're going to be able to have a fun time all the time because that might yeah. not align with your goals. Yeah. So yeah. depending on your goal, focus on achieving that goal. Yeah. I would say goals are still very, very important. Okay, man. Thank you very much. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Awesome. From your side? Yeah, I would, I would just say um, that, yeah, personal projects. I've kind of missed out on that for the past couple of years in terms of learning computer science and, you know, gaining the skills necessary to join industry. Because, like, once again, they don't, they don't teach us everything we need to know. And um, just to give, like, a concrete example, so a friend of mine, he's also doing computer science, and we decided this year to try, you know, coronavirus and all, we decided to try get internships. Um, and so we, we put together CVs and, you know, we think in a very similar way. So our transcripts are basically identical. Our GPAs are one or two points off from each other. Um, but in his free time during the holidays, he got really bored and decided to just build a bunch of stuff. You know, he built a website for himself. He built um, stuff for his applied maths courses that visualizes, you know, mathematical equations and all sorts of interesting stuff and he put this all together and on his cv he's got a link to his github and a link to his personal website and that's the only major difference between me and him and what do you know i didn't get it and he did you know he's going and gaining work experience now whereas i have to do this stuff on my own and i mean it's not hopeless i've still got time but i could be one step but i could be a step further if I had just done that sooner. So if I would say like, if anyone's, even if you're just finishing matric or like now you've finished first year or you're still in high school even, just whenever, if you have a feeling like you might enjoy it, you know, there's tons of resources on YouTube and W3 schools is a blessing. They just tell you everything you need to know um, in terms of the languages and how it's structured and just go build something. It doesn't matter what it is. As long as it works and it's fun and you enjoyed it and you can you can show that to people and be like look i made this thing i can do this for you too and they'll be like cool i'll hire you or i'll bring you on as, as an intern you know yeah and that's uh, important and the dopamine effect it has like you get oh, that ego yes. boost <laughs> yeah yeah that that feeling of finishing something that satisfaction you know you can never get enough of it <laughs> Yeah, and 
the internet these days like every motivation you see from a software mogul it's like i don't care about your degree and stuff like that so how do you feel about that oh i think it's a a little bit extreme because the best proof that you are a smart person that is capable of learning is that you have a degree you know yeah. that's that's basically what a, de- a degree is these days it's like i can learn and you can basically restructure what you know to any job for example my brother he graduated as a mechanical engineer from UCT but now he works in finance and he's basically a data scientist it's not, to throw away people's degrees like that i think is a bit too extreme but there definitely is more to a person than their degree yeah okay cool awesome <laughs> thank you very much i learned a lot and hopefully the listener did <laughs> yeah i'm sorry Yeah, thank you very much man for your time your knowledge and your experiences an absolute pleasure i had a great time <laughs> glad you did so bye